Paul, you know, he got into a very difficult situation, but God used the prayers of the saints um, and the supply. There was such a supply of miracle power through the prayer of the church, those who were praying. And I know that your prayers are counting massively towards my um, complete deliverance from this. So thank you so much. I do appreciate that. And um, I'm really expectant of good things this year. Personally, um, that as, you know, obviously towards the end of last year and this, the beginning of this year, just to face uh, what I am facing, um, I look beyond it into the promise. And that's always what we need to do. We look in hope. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. There's a certainty to the promise that God's given me. He's established real faith in my heart through speaking his word to me from from the scripture, but it was a spirit-given word. And I look ahead to the time of complete fulfillment and victory uh, in this. And I'm not expecting there to be a spread of cancer. We arrest you in the name of Jesus. Stop. Yes, very important, very important. So that is um, my expectation. Well, we have a great, a great uh, year planned by God for each one of us. And you're part of his plan. God has predestined you in Christ Jesus for good works. He created you in Christ. Those Of course, you were born naturally, but when you're born again, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become a completely new person. It might feel like you're the same person, but you aren't. You're a completely different person who has been given a new nature, the divine nature, and the Bible says you've got everything you already need for life and godliness. So you... You already have Christ in you, his presence in you, together with all the rich inheritance, all the promises of God, and this wonderful relationship, access to uh, relationship with God through his spirit and by what Jesus has done for you. And so we are believing, um, really, from what God has spoken to us over this year, from um, a real clear vision, and that, that vision I unpacked last Sunday. And if you haven't heard the word, I'm, I would really encourage you to listen to the message from last Sunday, because I'm just going to move on from what God spoke last Sunday. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's going to need last Sunday for you to really get hold of this Sunday, the things that God wants to speak. So really important that you catch up with that message. And this divine setup, we've been looking at the life of Joseph, how God, in anybody's life, how God gives promises at the beginning, puts a desire in our heart to serve him and to do certain things. We're all unique in calling and gifting and graces, all called to follow Jesus, all called to know him, all given the same inheritance, but we have a unique outworking of that call. We have different members of the body of Christ. You're set in a place within the body. God sets you. It's kind of really important we understand that God has a place for you to belong, not visit. My hand doesn't visit my body occasionally. (laughs) So my hand isn't a visitor It's joined. And so it's really important to find the place where God sets you as a member within his body. But within that, there is a certain work for you to do. There are certain gifts and graces God's put in your life to fulfill his calling. But he also sets you in a relational connection with others. He sets you where you live geographically so that you can fulfill his purpose for the people that don't yet know him, whether it's at work or at school where you teach, um, in your business, whatever you do, God has a plan. He's predestined good works 
for you to walk in. It's really important. We live with a sense of destiny like Joseph did. But, you know, we, last week we looked at the time of, of suffering and hardship that Joseph had been through. And today we're going to kind of cut, cut in on the end of that suffering and learn some what I hope to be inspirational things from the Word of God about the life of Joseph. And you know, there is a time where there is an end to suffering and a beginning of a new day. There's a time where all the hardship is over and the sun rises in really clear goodness and everything good. And in Genesis chapter 41, we're going to read here how God had set the stage for the man of God. And God always sets a stage for people that he has prepared to step into their destiny. And he's been working in Joseph and he's been working in Pharaoh, which is a a type of the world. Uh, Egypt was the most powerful nation of that time. And he had set the stage by giving Joseph a dream, uh, sorry, Pharaoh a dream that there would be seven years of famine and seven years of plenty. But this dream, uh, Pharaoh didn't know what it meant. And so God was setting a dream in Pharaoh and bringing Joseph into a place where he could help interpret that dream and bring the solutions for the entire known world of that time. It's amazing how this one prisoner in prison, 13 years of suffering, there was a moment where he was brought out and brought into Pharaoh's presence. And we're going to look at this moment just, it's so practical and it's so ordinary, but it's so supernatural. In Genesis 41 verse 14, the word says, Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon and he shaved and changed his clothing and came to Pharaoh. I reckon it took one to two hours. I mean, I think they would have done a scrub. I think his nails might have needed a bit of treatment from being in a dungeon. I think there needed to be some new smells going on. And the external uh, state of Joseph was cleaned up. And I want to tell you that the devil often says to you and to me, you're never going to come out of this prison. You're never going to get out of this problem. Your circumstances look like they have no hope of changing. But Joseph believed God in spite of being in a place where he had no power to get himself out. But he believed God could bring him into what God had promised him. So whatever the devil speaks over you and me, declaring you're not coming out of this, what God has promised always happens. What God says always, say always, comes to pass. All Joseph had to do was keep believing. And he kept serving in prison. He kept this faithful man suddenly called, washed down, shaved, because the Egyptians didn't like beards, and brought into the presence of Pharaoh, dressed up nicely. But I want to tell you something, a secret, that what Joseph was in the prison, the person he was, was the same person that stood in the palace. His clothes had changed, the smell had changed, his beard had gone, his circumstances had changed, but who he was 
was already the solution. And you know, many people think that I'll be a better person or I'll be faithful, I'll serve, I'll give when I get to the place that God's promised me. Then I'll really give myself to the Lord. But Joseph was 100% devoted to the Lord in the prison. And not just because he'd suddenly come into good times. He was the same person. And I want to just shine a light on his character in a fresh way today. Because his character was just amazing before the palace. You know, it's who you are in the worst times that's who you really are. Ouch, Pastor Judith. You're not suddenly going to change because everything gets going for you. You're not suddenly going to serve God now because you've got the money, you've got the time. It's always heart. It's always your heart. Am I going to serve God? Whatever. Will I serve and love others? Whatever. And Joseph's character shone so brilliantly. You see, we're not just predestined for good works, Ephesians tells us. We're also predestined, Romans tells us, that we're predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You're predestined to be like Jesus. When you're a new creation, God is working out that new creation life so that your character becomes more and more like Jesus. Because you see, Joseph had matured through the hard times. Like the cheese. I remember I used an example of the cheese last week. Cheese is cheese when it's very young, just the curds separated from the whey. It's tasteless. The ingredients are 100% cheese. You'd call it cheese. But then it's put into a place where it's given time and an atmosphere which is conducive to bringing out the best flavor. I wonder if you know that God's been putting you into an environment which is bringing out the Jesus flavor. He's wanting to mature you to become more and more like Jesus in your character. Not because of your effort, but because of the work of the Spirit within you. It's the life of the Spirit. It's God's life in you, changing you so that you become mature. And so you could say that Joseph was now ripe and ready for this amazing destiny. And God is not kind of... God knows what he's doing with you. He knows what you're ready for and what you're not ready for. Isn't that wonderful? You can relax in that. He knows that uh, when Joseph was 17, the boy with the dream, he wasn't quite ready yet. There was a whole lot of maturity that needed to happen in his character. Would he trust God in the hardest of times? Would he love others and serve no matter where and what happened to him? In all the bad things, Joseph had to learn to serve his boss. You know, serving your boss is really important. Biblically, the Bible says we're to honor, respect those in authority over us and work well so actually we make their life a joy. And Joseph had gone through so much to be into a place, to come into this place of great power and great influence. So to ask the question, why could God trust Joseph? is really important because Joseph could be trusted with a position of power and influence. God, you know, I remember when I was growing up, uh, my mum used to remove all the dangerous objects from the kitchen because I couldn't be trusted with them, especially if my brother did something to me. I could pick something up sharp. 
And I couldn't quite be trusted yet with having a temper tantrum and doing something quite damaging to my brother. And I had to be trained as a child to learn how to respond and react in certain circumstances so that I could be trusted with a sharp knife. And God knows what he is doing in your and my life to bring us into our destiny. But Joseph had to mature in different ways for the core and the destiny that God had for him. A great place of influence. His life began in a dysfunctional family. Anybody? Anybody? Nobody's got, just me. Sorry, guys, if you ever watch this. I never said it. You're fine. It was me. A dysfunctional family. The dad unwisely preferred Joseph above all the other brothers. There were 11 others. And it caused jealousy in the heart of the boys towards Joseph. And then he had a God God dream, a God destiny, a God call on his life. And it makes me think out of these, can I say, the nation of Israel, the Jews, the chosen people, God chose Joseph. And he actually speaks about these brothers. They were quite evil in their intentions. In fact, very evil. They wanted to rid the world of Joseph. They wanted to take Joseph out. And they sold him into slavery, remember, threw him in a pit. And they didn't just take his coat of many colors. They took away his loving relationship with his parents. Imagine that, ripped away from everyone who loves you. They took away his wealth. Jacob was a descendant of Abraham. Abraham was very wealthy. Isaac was extremely wealthy. Jacob inherited a lot of wealth. Suddenly, Joseph, the favorite boy, who lived in absolute luxury, had nothing and actually was sold no longer had freedom or independence to choose what he would do with his life. Have you ever felt like that? And serving others. And he literally had a whole lot happen to him that could have given him a heart of revenge. A heart to turn against this family that had done such harm to him. And I want us to look at something astonishing in the life of Joseph in uh, Genesis 45. These, these things are just amazing. Genesis 45. Because you see, we've all got bad memories of people who've done bad to us. Has anybody in the room not got a bad memory? Someone at school? Somebody at work, a boss who said that they would do something for you and then they chose somebody else. They discriminate against you or someone who should stay walked out on you, left you or a family member that literally seeks to do you good. There are so many scenarios in all of our stories where we can look back and say, they actually did that. And you know, what hurts the most isn't really what they did, it was who did it. You can expect it from outsiders, can't you guys? From people who drive up and get in your parking space just as you're reversing in. You can expect these things to happen. But from those who are supposed to care, from those who've said they're going to stick, from a friend who says, I'll always be there, but then they're not, that's when 
it hurts us more than anything else. And so you could say that Joseph had a whole lot to get over from this family he was born into and from this family who had sought to destroy his life. So why could God trust him? Well, we're going to look here. In Genesis 45, just so they get, get the scene, it's nine years in after interpreting the dream for Pharaoh. Joseph is now the prince of Egypt. He's the second most powerful man in the land. He interprets the dream and God gave him wisdom. That's what he also learned in serving in houses and serving in prisons. Imagine serving leading prisoners. Not an easy job. Not an easy job. He did some hard jobs. And he lost the best job he ever had in Potiphar's home. Because somebody lied about him. And there he is. He's, he's brought wisdom. He said, basically, we need storehouses. Oh, there's so much in that. The church is the storehouse. We need to bring all the resources into the storehouse, build up the resources, so that in a time of famine, we can feed the whole world. That's why church life is so important. That's the wisdom of God to build your life in the storehouse, in the God-given mindset of church. But Joseph says, right, bring all the resources in the seven years of plenty. Now there had been two years of famine and his brothers had been to see him to ask for food. And they were bowing before him, just like the dream where Joseph saw many years ago, it wasn't just that he would be a ruler in Israel, it's that his family would come and bow before him and acknowledge who he was. And now... He's been working with his family. They hadn't recognized him yet, but suddenly he, say, he starts to reveal himself to his brothers. And they, in um, Genesis 45, it says here, Then Joseph said to his brothers, verse 3, I'm Joseph. Can you imagine the earthquake that would go off in those brothers? <laughs> it's an earth-shattering moment for them. I'm Joseph. Does my father still live? All he wants is family. He's got position, but he hasn't got a loving family. We are incomplete in just having a successful life. We need love. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Does my father live? But his brothers couldn't answer him, for they were dismayed. Underestimation there, dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. He said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you saw. Hang on, hang on, facts coming out. He, hang on, he does remember we did this. <laughs> you sold me into Egypt. I wish he'd forgotten. He hadn't forgotten, he'd forgiven. Because you can see it. Look, in, look at these incredible words. Therefore, don't be grieved or angry with yourself. Right, James tries to kill me. I forgive him. And he comes because he needs something from me. Oh, so now you need me. All right. And what do I do? Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you did sell me out. You did do it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be too bothered about that because there's been a plan. God sent me here to preserve your life. He sees the ones who had tried to destroy him and he says, I'm here to save. Doesn't it remind you of those disciples, James and John? I thank God they're in the Bible. There they are, they've going through this town on their way to Jerusalem and the people in this village reject Jesus. They don't want Jesus. And James and John want to use their faith. And they get mad. 
that these people would reject Jesus on, on his behalf. So they say, Lord, shall we call down fire from heaven? I want to use my faith that you will kill them. Isn't that an everyday challenge for you and me? I want to use my faith. I'm responding to what they did and I'm going to hit out. And Joseph says, don't be angry or grieve with yourself. Who is this man? What has he become in God's hands? Why could God trust him? Because he had a great big heart. And the only way you get a great big heart is that you learn to forgive everyone who tried to destroy your life. The people who should have been there, a mother, a father, a spouse, a brother, a sister, a friend, they should have, they could have helped, but they didn't. Joseph stands there and he says, you sold me here, but God sent me to preserve your lives. Basically, he says, I forgave you a long time ago. You know, I believe J- Joseph would have stayed in the prison a whole lot longer if he hadn't dealt with forgiving all who'd hurt him. I think what would have happened is Joseph, imagine he had a key. He would have locked the door and thrown away the key with unforgiveness. You see, you can never come out into your destiny, into the setups that God has for you, relationally, in terms of your work, in terms of your influence, in seeing fruit this year that God has planned for you to save lives. You can't come out if you don't forgive those who have spitefully used you those who have spoken against you, those who lied about your character and said things about you that weren't true. And now your name is spread everywhere to be someone that you're not. Joseph could only be free to serve God in the place that God had appointed for him because he forgave. You know, you have to be, listen to this, offense-free for your destiny. (laughs) Offense-free for your destiny. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, your Father in heaven won't forgive you. You'll stay in a prison and it will be a place of torment not a place where the grace of God is in operation and God at work to bring you out into your call. What an astonishing thing. Don't be angry with yourself. Imagine James hitting me. I mean, breaking my nose. Oh, don't worry. Don't be angry with yourself that my nose is crooked, permanently damaged. (laughs) Permanently damaged. What you intended for evil, <laughs> God turned it around for good. <laughs> turning it for good. He's turning it for good. But you see, our hearts have to be in a good place for our destiny, don't they? Because what matters to the Lord isn't just your gifts and your call, but your character. What a great word for a Sunday morning in January to start the year. Uh, He goes on to say, basically, you guys, go get Dad. I want to see my dad. Jacob had thought he died. Thought he'd lost this son. No, 
God's plan, God's dream came to pass. The dreams of God don't fail. They only fail if we allow the things that happen to us to determine our responses. You know, just the other day, I, uh, that's a few days ago, a few weeks ago now, I, um, I was aware that somebody who should care about my life, they're not, not part of the church, um, didn't. And uh, they called me because they needed something. And you know, I was a bit angsty before. Do you know the word angsty? A little bit, uh, the cheese that's gone off. <laughs> this cheese was going off. And, uh, you know, there I am, a little bit angsty, and I'm like, and, they, and now they want it? The, now? now? <laughs> Where were you when? That's what I was doing. Where were you when? And, uh, do you know, I've learned, uh, Galatians talks about it. The flesh wars against the spirit. There's a constant battle in Galatians 5.17. The flesh wars against the spirit. I've learned that my flesh needs controlling. And sometimes the best thing to do when my flesh is getting hot is to put the phone down quick before I do damage in a relationship. So I've learned, that's not a bad step, it's still not what God wants fully. It really isn't what God wants. My response there was wrong. We can all see, can't we? It was wrong. It wasn't the Jesus response. I put the phone down, at least I didn't destroy the relationship with my mouth. Because there's a whole lot I could have brought up right then. Because I'd been rehearsing it anyway. <laughs> you, you know what I mean, don't you? That's why you're laughing. I had, I had done a rehearsal of this conversation. And now they just pushed my button because they wanted something from me. And they weren't giving to me. I get home niggled, uh, uncomfortable. And I'm like, I, I talk, actually had a conversation all the way home. Can you believe? Can you believe? Can you believe? After all these years, after all these years of giving and serving and being there and picking them up when they're down and wiping their nose and giving financially and doing all the things that I've can, 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 None of this, don't be angry with yourself. Don't blame yourself. Don't worry. God sent me to preserve your life. I want to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) So a little bit of a failure from Pastor Judith. I get home and I'm... uh, The uncomfortable I'm feeling is the uncomfortableness of the life of the Spirit in me and my flesh. You see, when you're... Not born again. Your flesh has no reaction at all. You just justify everything you do. But when you're born again, you get ever so uncomfortable often. And thank God you do, otherwise you're dead. Spiritually, you're dead. If you haven't got a conscience, if you haven't feeling bad about this, then something's ever so wrong with your heart. That's why scripture says, guard your heart, because out of it flow all the decisions, all the flow, all the choices, all the direction of your life. So I'm sitting there and I'm calming down, and then I know, I know, and I do it ever so quickly. I've learned over the years to say out loud, Lord, I forgive them, because they've hurt me. So I say it, I forgive them. And think, I should be feeling much better by now, but I'm still not. (laughs) And the Lord said to me, you need to ring them back. Really? 
I finished the conversation. They, they didn't know I was mad. So they didn't know I needed to ring them back. But God and me knew I needed to ring them back. Because God always knows what I need to do. Oh, it's so upsetting, isn't it? That he always knows. It's like, really? Yes, I have to. Hi. I'm sorry I put the phone down very quickly. And um, how, how, are, how are things? And I felt the joy bubble of the Holy Spirit rising again and the peace and the, do you know what? No matter if you're never there for me, by God's grace, I'll be here for you. Isn't that Joseph? We're going to read another epic verse in verse 14 of the same chapter. After talking to his brothers, he fell on Benjamin's neck and wept. Benjamin wept on his neck and moreover, he kissed all the brothers and wept over them. And afterwards, his brothers talked to him. Kissed all the brothers and wept over them. I, I, I think of Joseph and I think in the pit sold. He didn't cry. In the prison, after losing a great job and the comfort of being the top guy, the slave, but still top guy in Potiphar's house, in chains, hurt. I think of him and I think he didn't even cry then. The time he cried was in the time he reconciled with his brothers. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that speak about God's love for us? That when we do wrong, and when we sin against him, he doesn't just forgive us. He brings us close. He loves on us, and he does us good. And the character of Joseph is so much like the character of Jesus in that he didn't just forgive us, he gave us everything good. And in all the divine setups that God has for your life this year, all the good things that he wants to do for you, let me tell you there's only one person that could stop it and it's you. And that is if you hold on with resentment and unforgiveness and a critical, that the root of that is unforgiveness, a criticism of anyone or anybody that's hurt you, then you're locked up and you need to forgive to come out of that and into the good things that God's planned for you. There is always going to be a war with my flesh and the Holy Spirit. But I've learned the less I feed my wrong responses, my flesh, and the more I feed and choose to trust that the Lord can love through me anyway, that he can bless through me and forgive through me, the more the life of the Spirit grows and the flesh becomes less obvious. But my flesh is like, I thought of this when I was preparing, it's like a baby crocodile, you know, it's first hatched. Not that I ever think they're sweet, somebody in the room might. But a baby croc, you know, they can't, they can't do very much to you because they're quite small. And in comparison to the size of God in you and your flesh, actually, it's nothing to overcome. Because the power of God gives you the ability to overcome your flesh. Your desire to retaliate, to take revenge, to, to now say it's payback. But actually, if you keep feeding that baby crocodile, it grows and it ends up killing you. And killing everybody around you. Do you know, offended people are the hardest people to be around. 
There's always a little criticism. There's always something wrong with someone somewhere. And they're always bringing about this kind of, I'd like to kill everybody around me. They kill atmospheres. They kill, they kill the love of God at work. They, they actually are killing their own destiny. But don't let them kill yours. Don't let them kill yours. Forgive them and live out of this offense-free heart. Joseph wept. I think that's an astonishing verse. Do you not think that's astonishing? I feel that if God can get you and me and his church into a place where we don't just have faith, we're not just trained in the word, we don't just know the promises, we don't just have a destiny, but we've also got a great big heart for people. You see, it's not just your faith, it's your love that brings you into your destiny. Faith working through love. Didn't Jesus say, you know, when he comes to judge us, actually, every single one of us, he divides the goats and the sheep, the nations. And he says to the sheep, he said, the sheep are, are actually the ones who were there when he was in prison, were there when he was sick. They were there visiting, helping people, like Joseph. He didn't use his position, his power, his authority. He didn't use the gifts and graces of God for himself. He used the gifts for other people. Jesus said, you did it for me. And then those who didn't, Jesus said, where were you when? And he actually says, you're not part of the kingdom because love isn't just an emotion. It's what we do for other people. Joseph was put into a position. Now, if you think of your life, where you work, where you live, your relational connections in the body and in the world around you, you are in a position where you've got power Because the Holy Spirit's in you. You've got faith. You know God. You can help save lives. God wants to use you to lift another person, to speak life to somebody who's dying, someone who's without hope. But if we keep it for ourselves and don't give it, then God can't trust us with where we are going. I want to tell you the days ahead are going to be so fruitful. I believe in the Lord. There are so many setups, but our maturity needs to be more than just the maturity of faith and doctrine and all the things we do. We need love big time. We need the love of God that God has put in our hearts through His Spirit to be spilling out of us in our marriages, in our raising of kids. We need to forgive one another because we will need to, darlings. And the only perfect person is Jesus. You can find fault with me. I can find fault with you. Jesus doesn't do that. He's generous to all without finding fault. And so... I believe this divine setup, the maturity that God is, is working in us. We need to understand that love is important to Jesus. It's the greatest command, isn't it? To love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, everything that you have. Love him, which means live for him. It's not just an emotion. It's all that you are, but also love one another as he has loved us in the same way. Forgiving, doing good, and serving others. What a a view of your destiny. See, God needed a lover, not a fighter.
or the other side of unforgiveness or problems relationally is you ghost somebody. You cut them out. Well, I don't need them. You could say you've got a piece of paper, you just keep cutting. Well, they did that to me. I'll cut them out. I'll cut them out. I'll cut them out. And you're ending up with just you. And God wants us to forgive and to serve the people he's called us to be amongst, both in the church and in the world. And I'm going to finish with something that I didn't think I'd say this morning. Um, And isn't it obvious why God could trust Joseph with his call? I'll just say that. Isn't that obvious? He had faith working through love. That's where we're going, guys. Our faith is going to be working through love. Love for one another. Stop holding on to your bad attitudes. Today could be the day you unlock your prison. It could be the very day of a new beginning and you come out. Anyway, I'm careful with what I say. Because I know there are many medics and nurses and doctors who do an amazing job. And so I am not being critical. I'm using this for a message. Because I believe that um, we need to be really careful to bless people and encourage people where we work. But there was a situation um, somebody told me about a while ago where they were in hospital and there was this helpless elderly person who couldn't do anything for themselves and that one of the night nurses it was overnight um, was asked to help them and they were lying in their own mess basically wet cold freezing and the nurses were sitting outside talking outside the ward two of them doing nothing about the distress of this woman It wasn't like they were rushed off their feet. That's another thing. And a lot of them are so busy, they don't have the time to look after patients. That's why we need to pray for God's provision for the NHS. We really do, to help people. But this is a scenario where they just sat and talked and laughed. And so, my friend, weak themselves, walked out, and said for her, she'd, she'd been crying, now she was mad. And there's sometimes a good angry. And it's usually involving other people, not angry because of what they did to you, but angry for the injustice. She walked out and she said, this poor woman has been left while you've sat there talking. You might be trained, but you don't care. And that hit me. I'm trained. Like the disciples, so are you. You know the Lord, you know the word. Okay, we're growing. We always need training. We need equipping like we're hearing this morning. God's equipping you through this message to live for him and for your destiny. But do we care? Where were you? You had the solutions. There are Josephs here that God is going to bring in to their place because you care. (laughs) Can you hear that? Because you care. You care about people in your office. You care about the school you work in and the children. You care about your family and God's plan for them. And this is such an important message, isn't it? I feel... I don't know that I've adequately spoken it this morning. I trust the Lord's spoken to you. Your flesh has got to stop leading your life. For you to come into the call of God, my flesh has got to stop reacting and getting bigger. And like that little crocodile, stop feeding it. It will come back down to where you just aren't even aware it's around. 
Because you're filled with the Spirit, filled with love, serving people. What a word. May I always weep, even for those who've been so instrumental in damaging me. My God has healed me as I've forgiven them. I got healed in the pit, not just in the palace. I got healed in the prison. I got healed every step of the way because I forgave them. As soon as it happened, I chose, Lord, I forgive them. Not because I feel like it, but because it's a choice. But then I turn it around. Isn't there this scripture, Romans 12? We're going to finish with this. This was Joseph's life. He didn't render evil for evil, but he overcame evil with good. That is where God's spirit is taking us. There will be people around you all week you could render evil to. Actually, you might live with one. Just turn to the one next to you if you're married and say, I didn't mean you, darling. (laughs) Otherwise, we're in trouble. Uh, Or you could go out and say... Did you think, did did, did you look at me funny? (laughs) But it's not about them, you see. Joseph couldn't control what people did to him. He could control what he did in response to people. That you can control. Because the Holy Spirit is in you. And he will help you. If you choose to forgive and love and serve. God has this amazing vision for you. Each one of you are significant, sent to preserve life. But I think we just need to make sure that our love walk is in place. Love one another. Lay down your lives for one another. Forgive as Christ forgave you. And live to do good to the very people who tried to kill you. And we're going to have a move of God. We're going to have a move of God to preserve the lives of many. Joseph was set up. This heart, this man, the immense needs, need a person with an immense heart. And so for the sake of the Lord, your destiny, the world... And the church, love, make love, pursue love, not just the gifts, pursue love, because love will motivate you to help people. Praise God. Let's stand. When we say we want to be like Joseph, we really mean we want to be like Jesus, don't we? It's Jesus we want to be like. And God is sending you out into situations, even this week, setups, things that he's prepared for you. And it's love that will win them to hear the truth and the faith and the gifts that, to receive from you. Without love, they won't take it. But if you love them, you open a door of someone's heart to receive from God through you. Maybe even to be saved this week, to lead somebody to Christ. But before we finish, we must address. And I know in my heart, because you've heard, you know, some of my antics of um, my flesh, and I'm, you know, I'm not celebrating that. It's, God hates that. But he's kind and he's always gracious to forgive me when I act out. But is there anyone that you know you need to forgive? And it means something different to all of us. You know, many times we wait for God to heal us, but we forgive while we're hurting. And as soon as we forgive whilst hurting, we move into healing. Forgive first. Don't wait until you feel different. It's not always wise to uh, go back into kind of relationship with some people. They're toxic. 
for you. They're not right for you, but you can bless them from a distance and pray for them. So we need wisdom with that too. Because not everybody's going to come and receive from what God's done in your life. But those who do, who've done you harm, I pray that you and I, me too, will be in a state where I'll go, oh, it's so good to see you. Wow. We need some of this in our families, don't we? It's so good to see you. We need this in the church. Oh, it's so good to see you. You hurt me bad. But don't be angry with yourself. It's mega, isn't it? What a word. Don't get mad with yourself. God sent me ahead to preserve life. I'm here to save you. To use everything I've got to bless your life. Move next door. I'll make sure you've got enough. I'll protect you. But most of all, I want you. I love you. Wow. Need this in marriage? Not just kiss and make up. Forgive and make up. Kiss is good, but forgive comes first. Don't fake it. Forgive. Don't pretend. Forgive. Make sure that you come to this place where you are a friend's Fence-free for your destiny. So let's just do this quickly before the Lord. He knows if there's a grudge, if there's something. He, he already knows, and you will feel uncomfortable. So let's just make sure that today we unlock that door to our destiny that will open our lives up to all God's got for us and forgive. Just say, Father, I forgive. It's a choice I make. I refuse to hold on to revenge and look for a time where I can actually sort them out, put them straight, uh, tell them what they did wrong and take revenge. Oh, it's nothing worse than a Christian who's spiteful and wants to do people harm. Oh, Lord, I don't want to be like that. Just tell him, Lord, keep my heart soft. I want to be a heart, a forgiving person, have a heart of love, even for those who've done me harm. And I ask, Lord, for the grace and the work of your Spirit in me that I overcome evil with good. And that whatever situation I'm in in this week, whatever scenario that I'm in, that I'll actually be like Jesus who looks with compassion on people like sheep without a shepherd. Thank you, Lord, that you pray. You you tell us to pray that you'll send us out. Lord, send us out this week. Let's just pray. Send us out, Lord. As disciples of Jesus who love, forgive, and want to do people good. Uh, Nurses, doctors here, thank you for them. I just want to pray for the strength to serve others in their location. I pray for businessmen and for those at work, Lord, and teachers, that, Lord, you'll give them such a heart of love for their children. They teach the, the workers that they have for their colleagues, Lord, and even to forgive the boss who said they were going to do something but never did, to forgive those who've discriminated against them. Father, I ask that this spirit of love and reconciliation will flow from your church like a river and win many in this season to Jesus. Lord, let us walk as Jesus walked, forgiving, overcoming evil with good, having hearts of compassion to love those who you put in front of us. Thank you, Jesus, that we're coming into a divine setups. That this is a year where you're going to bring us out like that mature cheese. Because we're more and more like Jesus. And we can rule. We can bring the power of God, the kingdom of heaven, to save lives. Because we love people. And so, Lord, work this in us, I pray.
and work it in me for your glory. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.